Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Tuesday of the 25th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who founded all the commands of your sacred law upon love of you and of our neighbour, grant that by keeping your precepts, we may merit to attain eternal life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Book of Proverbs. Like flowing water is the heart of the king in the hand of the Lord, who turns it where he pleases. A man's conduct may strike him as upright. The Lord, however, weighs the heart. To act virtuously and with justice is more pleasing to the Lord than sacrifice. Haughty eye, proud heart, lamp of the wicked, nothing but sin. The hard-working man is thoughtful, and all is gain. Too much haste, and all that comes of it is want. To make a fortune with the help of a lying tongue, such the idle fantasy of those who look for death. The wicked man's soul is intent on evil. He looks on his neighbor with dislike. When a marker is punished, the ignorant man grows wiser. When a wise man is instructed, he acquires more knowledge. The just one watches the house of the wicked. He hurls the wicked to destruction. He who shuts his ear to the poor man's cry shall himself plead and not be heard. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Guide me, Lord, in the way of your commands. Guide me, Lord, in the way of your commands. They are happy whose life is blameless, who follow God's law. Make me grasp the way of your precepts, and I will muse on your wonders. Guide me, Lord, in the way of your commands. I have chosen the way of truth, with your decrees before me. Train me to observe your law, to keep it with my heart. Guide me, Lord, in the way of your commands. Guide me in the path of your commands, for there is my delight. I shall always keep your law, forever and ever. Guide me, Lord, in the way of your commands. Alleluia, alleluia. Blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. 
Glory to you, O Lord. The mother and the brothers of Jesus came looking for him, but they could not get to him because of the crowd. He was told, Your mother and brothers are standing outside and want to see you. But he said in answer, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in my own personal experience, there's one prayer that God has always answered. Whenever I've asked him to reveal to me my own weaknesses, my own sinfulness, um, invariably, he's shown me something. Something perhaps that I'd never seen before, perhaps some kind of motivation that stands behind some of the good deeds, which I'm really quite impressed with myself for. It's funny that whenever you ask God to reveal some of these self-delusions that we have, um, he's usually pretty quick to respond. How readily we can find that actually the reason why we've been doing such and such a good thing is because, well, it was really just to attract attention. And if others hadn't noticed it, I might still have done it, but probably wouldn't have brought me as much pleasure or enjoyment. Perhaps sometimes there's a dawning realisation that, you know, if I knew I wasn't going to get caught committing a particular sin, that I'd probably do it. And then there's pride, which is waiting around every single corner. You know, in the gospel today, Jesus opens up a bit of a gap. He says, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. There are two little instructions there. Firstly, to hear the word of God, and then secondly, to put it into practice. That we can easily do one and not the other. But what amazes me is that we can hear the word of God, not put it into practice, and yet delude ourselves into thinking that we have. I thoroughly agree with what the word of God has told me, but it doesn't find place in my life. And somehow the fact that I approve of what's being said, but don't put it into practice, somehow at least makes me better. Even though I don't actually live that way, the fact that I think it's a good thing is somehow to my credit. You know, that very easy tendency toward self-justification. You know, when we had the parable of the sower uh, a few days ago, one of the things that Jesus spoke about was that there are those who see but who don't perceive, and that there are those who listen but who don't understand. What is needed is not simply a simple perception of what's in front of me. It's not just that, you know, I've got to have the sound waves come to my ears and I've got to have the light strike my retina. Um, I've got to be able to receive it. And that actually seems to be an act of freedom. Like there's a, a kind of accusatory tone that, you know, there are those who have ears but don't hear. There are those who have eyes but they don't see. And that that's a bad thing. You know, it's not that the light's not getting to your eyes. It's not that the noise isn't making it to your ears. It's that there's a block. There's something that we're, we're holding in place. Um, but Jesus declares as blessed, you know, those who are his mother and brothers, as the ones who hear the word of God, 
the ones who are able to receive it, to attend to it, and then to put it into practice, to allow that word of God to shape their hearts, to shape their conduct, to change the way that they approach the world. And I think this is something that's very strongly echoed in the first reading which we have today from the book of Proverbs. We have this great little saying that a man's conduct may strike him as upright. The Lord, however, weighs the heart. There's that gap that, you know, in our own self-justification, in our own ability to be so pleased with ourselves that we think ourselves upright and our conduct just. But it's the Lord who weighs the heart. He's the one who is able to perceive the truth, that there might be some kind of blindness, some kind of deafness that's within me, that's souring what it is that I'm hoping would be good and upright. Now, you moral theologians out there would probably be saying to me at this point, yeah, but if I don't know that that's what I'm doing, if I really am blind to you know these motivations or this conduct that's being soured, then I'm not responsible for it. I'm not culpable. Yeah, I'll give you that. We might not be culpable for it, but it's still something that's part of our conduct. It's still something that we're doing. And as such, it's bearing its fruit in our lives. Or more to the point, it's stopping the fruit from being born in our lives, which our good free choices really ought to bring about. We heard this proverb, haughty eye, proud heart, lamp of the wicked, nothing but sin. Yeah, if we are filled with our own pride, if our eye is haughty and unable to perceive the truth, then we do have the lamp of the wicked. The lamp of the wicked is not one that sheds light, it's one that brings darkness. So even if I'm not morally culpable for the things which I do, which I'm not yet fully aware of, well, the longer I remain unaware of it, the more impact it has on my life. And also, as we heard in the Proverbs, to act virtuously and with justice is more pleasing to the Lord than sacrifice. So we do need to put aside our own self-justification and ask the Lord for light, that we may not have eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear, that our hearts may truly perceive the truth about ourselves. What I love about it, though, is that this is a process that the Lord doesn't leave to ourselves. He's with us, and he enlightens us. He exposes those areas within our hearts which still need repentance, those places where my use of my freedom is actually holding me back from my relationship with God. And so the Lord doesn't kind of shrug his shoulders and fold his arms and say, well, fix yourself and then come back to me. No, he's the one who who gives us grace, who calls us to deeper repentance. He's the one who speaks the word of God and who strengthens us to put it into practice. And he's constantly inviting us to be closer to him. The very first proverb which we had in the first reading today I think is really beautiful and and very instructive. Like flowing water is the heart of the king in the hand of the Lord, who turns it where he pleases. 
let's place our hearts in the hands of the Lord so that he may direct our hearts towards himself. That like flowing water which courses and meanders towards its destination, that our hearts too may turn towards the Lord. In this way, by the light of God's grace, we will indeed be the ones who hear the word of God and put it into practice, thus being brothers and sisters of Jesus. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will, and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.